Good evening. What a wonderful weekend that we've had and continue to have even now and into the evening, I'm sure. We appreciate so much, Brother Den, Ben Dennis, uh, speaking Saturday morning at the men's breakfast. What a blessing that was. Uh, also, I bring you back greetings from Dr. Stephen Beeson. He is an elder at the Lexington Church of Christ. And those of you that were on the El Salvador trip this past year, he was our doctor serving on that trip. And uh, I was there this past weekend in a lectureship series there in Cambridge lectureships. And he said to be sure and to tell each of you hello and that uh, he really appreciated the time that we were able uh, to spend together. It is kind of hard and sad to say goodbye to Dustin. Uh, He's been a tremendous worker in the Lord's kingdom uh, this past summer for our youth. And we appreciate so much uh, the encouragement and the direction and the, the labor that he gave there. And it's wonderful to be able to say to Christy, thank you, but not to have to say goodbye. And what a blessing that is. And we're thankful uh, for that. School has begun, or either it's about to. I talked with some of our college students this morning. They were talking about the shopping they've been doing, and buying refrigerators for the dorm room and etc. It's exciting to think about that first day of school or getting back to school. And as Fields mentioned, that idea of a fresh start and clean slate I want you to think about all of the opportunities that you have this year. If the Lord wills you time. Now keep in mind, time is a gift. You don't know if you have the rest of this year to live. There's a lot of youth that die every year. So wouldn't it be wise for us to use every moment of every day this year to God's glory? And as we think about that, I'd like for you to think about the passage that we just looked at in Matthew 5 where Jesus spoke of we could put a basket over that light. And as he's referred to, Phil talked about that song. And remember when we refused to put that light under the bushel. But instead, there in Matthew, uh, the fifth chapter and verse 15, he says, No, we take that light and we put it on a candlestick and we put it so that it shines light to the entire house. Well, you see, that's what you're doing in school. If you think about that teaching there in the 15th verse, the, the house is the school house. Are you going to be a light that's seen throughout the school? You can ask any of our teachers here. They recognize youth that have conviction. They recognize youth that show kindness. They recognize youth that go the extra mile to be kind and courteous to all the students and to all the teachers. You say, oh really, no one's looking at me. Well, if you're not a Christian and you kind of blend in with the average, you may be right. But if you are a big time rebel, they're looking at you. Or... If you're a faithful Christian, they're looking at you. Because the Bible says you can't hide a Christian life. I hope that our teachers and workers in schools see the opportunity this is for them to set that Christian adult example. To be that light because you think if you have a child in your room every day, It may be that that child spends more time with you as a faithful Christian than any other faithful Christian they've ever been around in their life. Now, what kind of responsibility is that? Look with me, if you will, to 2 Timothy, the first chapter. 2 Timothy, the first chapter. I'd like for us to read these three verses and then just make a bullet point about each one of them and we'll sing a song of invitation. 
You see, the point is this. If we're going to take the bushel off of our light, and if we're going to put that light on a candlestick, and we're going to put it up for the whole school to see, whether we're the students or whether we're the instructors or working with the children in any way, the question is, okay, what do I do if I'm a Christian light? Now, we can't talk about everything in, in one evening even, but we can address a few things here. Let's read this as we think about being the light. And we're going to begin reading here in the seventh verse. We're in Second Timothy, the first chapter, verse 7. Paul, the older preacher, is writing his last epistle that he'll write by inspiration. He's writing to the young man. He wants to set him up for success in the ministry so that he will live on in the gospel, carrying out what Paul's invested his life in. And so he says in verse 7, For God has not... I'm sorry, verse 6. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, His prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. Number one, if we are that candle that's setting on the candlestick for the whole schoolhouse to see, we're going to stir up our gift. We're going to realize that God has made us for a reason. He has given us a purpose. God doesn't make junk. He doesn't carelessly make us. He doesn't make us for a reason and then not give us an opportunity to use it. God has made you so that you can shine as a light using your abilities in your school this year. We can say that without any doubt. What is your ability? I want to encourage you, find what that ability is. And the idea here of stirring up is to rekindle, is literally what the word means. And so as we're thinking about light tonight, that's so appropriate to think about him saying to the young man, I want to rekindle that fire. I want to make sure that whatever abilities God has given you, that you're ready to use those. How will you use those? How will you interact with teachers? How will you interact with peers? Make sure that we use those. And note also in this same verse is the word remind. We all need reminders. I don't have any doubt if if someone said every youth that we have here tonight, they're good people. I, I wouldn't be shocked or surprised at that at all. But you know what? Even good people like Timothy need reminders. There's not a person here that doesn't need a reminder. A reminder to let that light shine. And what ability is it God has given me that I can use for Him? Notice the second point. Are we going to stand up in courage? You see there again in verse 7, when we have the idea of fear, that doesn't come from God. In other words, fear is where we say, I don't want to stand up and be a Christian right now. There's a lot of peer pressure that's negative at this time. And I don't want to be the one standing alone. Let's not let that basket be put over that light. Let's stand up in courage. Let's be the one that says, I can try that. I can do that. That's a great opportunity. That'd be a good example. It might be by our human nature, we're saying, oh, I don't want to do that. But let's think about, who do we belong to? We belong to the Lord. What does that mean? He doesn't give us the spirit of fear. That must be from Satan then. What does He give us? Look at the rest of verse 7 there. He gives us the spirit of power and of love and of sound mind. 
Friends, we're not standing up alone. And Paul said in Romans, if the Lord be for us, who could be against us? And so I want to challenge all of us, especially our youth as they look at their school year this year. I want to challenge you to find the power of God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And realize we're never standing alone as long as we're a faithful Christian. Let's be the one that says, I'm going to stand up and be the good example. I'm going to stand up and try that. I've never been a part of that club, and that looks like a good club. That might be a place where I could be a good example. I could be involved in great things. I've never tried that particular activity. That looks like a good activity. How many times the young people go through life, and then when they reach their young adulthood, they look back on high school and junior high, and they say, I wish I would have tried so-and-so. If I had it to do again, I would have been involved in that sport, or I would have been involved in that club, or I would have been involved in that extracurricular activity. I want to challenge you. Don't let fear stop you from good things. God gives us the spirit of power. God gives us the spirit of love. But I like this next one especially. The New King James says He gives us the spirit of a sound mind. Other translations says He gives us the spirit of discipline. Who accomplishes the most at your school? Probably someone who's disciplined. Probably someone who, when it's time to be quiet and learn, they know how to discipline themselves and be quiet and learn. Times when it's time to, to plan something, they're disciplined enough to put their priorities in order. When it's time to exercise or to give their all to a certain uh, ambition, whether it be music or drama or athletics, or whatever it is, they're disciplined enough to say, I can get myself up in the morning and I can practice, or I I can set this time aside in the afternoon and I can practice. It's really, of course, all of this is good things for all of us to hear. But the bottom line is, if we're serious about our Christian faith, life is too short. There's too many people that need to see a Christian example. There's too much good that needs to be done to not live a disciplined life. God is the one who gives the spirit of discipline. God is the one that encourages us to set standards and strive for them. If you're not an A student, I'm not suggesting to you that you ought to set that and say, I'm going to be an A straight across the board every time. If I don't, I failed. I'm not talking about unrealistic, but I am talking about if you're an A student and making B's, that just doesn't sound right. If you're a B student and you're making C's, that just doesn't, it sounds like a lack of discipline. Guys, don't wait until it's too late to look back to say, I wish I would have been a little more disciplined. I'm just afraid that I, God didn't give the spirit of fear. Stand up and courage. Let the fear be gone because God is on your side. But notice this third one. This third one, as we read now, a new paragraph coming in verse 8. Notice God didn't give uh, us a spirit of of being ashamed either. And that ties right into the fear. And so really the idea in verse 8 is is to show up in faith. When you show up in school tomorrow, are you going to show up to school being faithful? Here, Paul is writing to Timothy. Paul has been in prison. And so he's urging Timothy, don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. In other words, the teachings of the Lord. Don't be ashamed of the Lord. Now, he's not saying here, by the way the tense is, he's not saying that Timothy has been ashamed of the chains of Paul. He's giving him a warning about the future. 
Don't become ashamed of it in the future. In other words, the persecution was going to grow worse and worse. And so as the persecution against Christians grew worse, the fear that Paul must have here is Timothy might become even more afraid to admit that he's a Christian or to admit that he knows Christians that are in chains. And so he writes saying, stand bold in the faith. Show up and be faithful. Don't be afraid of this. Notice it's according to the gospel and it's by the power of God. I want to encourage you when you go to school. Do this simple thing. Be faithful. No matter what, be faithful. Somebody taps their foot, gets your attention during the test, ask for question, answer 10. Just be faithful. Locker room talk is vulgar. You're asked to participate. Just be faithful. Opportunity to do something kind for a, someone that's struggling. Just be faithful. Show up faithful. Every day. And when you fail, ask God's forgiveness and get back on the right track. I read this several years ago and there's a lot of positive comments about it. I just love this. My wife says it's a little bit too long to read. But I love it. I want to challenge you kids. And I'll put it away for a few more years after this. And then we'll extend an invitation. I'm a part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have the Holy Spirit power. The die has been cast. I've stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed, my present makes sense, and my future is secure. I am finished and done with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame visions, mundane talking, and chintzy giving, and dwarfed goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, pro- promotions, plaudits, or popularity. I don't have to be right, first, tops, recognized, praised, rewarded, or regarded. I now live by presence. I learn by faith. I love by patience. I lift by prayer. And I labor by power. My pace is set. My gate is fast. My goal is heaven. My road is narrow. My way is rough. My companions few. My guide is reliable. My mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, deterred, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of adversity. Negotiate at the table of the enemy. Ponder at the pool of popularity. I won't give up, back up, let up, or shut up until I've preached up, prayed up, paid up, stored up, and stayed up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I must go until He returns, give until I drop, preach until all know, and work until He comes. And when He comes to get His own, He'll have no problem recognizing me. My colors will be clear, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. I want to encourage you youth to look at your years in school as a wonderful opportunity to be faithful. 
you will never look back and regret being faithful. You will never look back and regret being faithful. And several others will look up to you with great appreciation. And I promise you those two statements. And God bless you this year. We love you guys. We want you to continue living for the Lord. What a blessing you are to our life. Tonight, we extend an invitation for all of us to be children of God. All of us to be disciples and students of God. And tonight, if you've learned that you want to be saved and you know who the Savior is, Jesus Christ, and you're willing to repent of sins and confess for men and be baptized, won't you do that tonight? What a wonderful, wonderful thing to witness if we could see someone give their life to Christ. Maybe you have been a child of God. Maybe you have strayed. Maybe something has separated you. What a wonderful time to clean the slate and begin anew. If you'll repent of your sins and confess those and let's pray forgiveness. If we can help you in any way, come as we stand.